Uh, is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, Hey, um, hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name's Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. Pretty fired up to talk about what I'm going to share with you today. I'm going to talk a little bit about prospecting. I'm going to give you some context for that in a minute, but I'm so fired up. I almost gave a really loud clap of my hands right as I got started. And then I remembered a little piece of advice that my producer, Doug Branson, gave me probably six, seven years ago. And he said, Jeff, you have to remember that when people listen to podcasts, most of them are listening through earbuds. That means you are physically as close to their brain as you can possibly be, and you need to respect that at all times. And I think, wow, Doug, that is exactly why you're my producer, because you give me perspective that nobody else gives me, and that perspective sticks with me. It makes me better at what I do, and I remember it years later, and then I think, Highly of you. I think kindly of you. I tell other people about you. Hopefully, that's what I'm providing you here. Hopefully, that's why you tuned in today. Because someone told you, hey, one time, a long time ago, Bajoric said something kind of smart, and it stuck with me, and I used it, and now I'm better, and now you should listen to him too. So I hope that is how you found me. Thank you for being here. There are hundreds of sales podcasts out there for you to listen to. I'm glad you chose this one. And uh, if you've been here for... Uh, a little while. Thank you for your loyalty. You might know that season five of this show is all about the seven steps to sell like you. Last week, I told you that step four is about knowing your methods, but methods are the art of selling while process is the science of selling. And starting today, over the next several episodes, I'm going to walk through the sales process with you and help you understand how your particular unique personal methods are going to help you succeed as you execute this particular stage of the sales process. And I think it makes a ton of sense to start with prospecting. And when I think about prospecting, I think about uh, the letter P, right? I think we need to be provocative. I think we need to be persistent. I think we need to be professional. And I think you can do all of that without being a pest. And if you really want to go down this rabbit hole, you want to hear uh, my friend Jason Bay and I talk about this, I will put the link in the show notes to a webinar he and I did a couple of years ago uh, about just that, being persistent without being a pest. Um, it's on his YouTube channel. And again, that link will be in the show notes. Go find it. We talked about this uh, for quite a while, had a great time doing it. Um, and you're going to hear from Jason here in another couple of weeks because we're going to talk about discovery together. Uh, but I want to dig into... 
all of these P's as they relate to prospecting. And when it comes to your methods, I want to say this right up front. I don't care how you do it. Your job is to put yourself in front of a stranger and demonstrate to them that you can become a trusted advisor. That is what prospecting is. You have to be someone worth talking to with something worth talking about, and you need to provoke that conversation. That is all prospecting is. So if that is the perspective I can give you to think just a little bit differently about how you do that, then I hope that's a win. The data is out there, and there are some things that you, yes, you, along with most of your sales brothers and sisters out there, are you're, you're falling short. You are not reaching out often enough. You're not reaching out long enough. You're not reaching out or reaching out rather in enough ways, and you're certainly not bringing enough value, right? And you're not bringing enough value. You don't believe in the value you're providing, which is why you don't reach out often enough, long enough, and through enough channels. So again, I'm tying all of this back to belief. And what I'm hoping unlocks your belief is that you recognize that you have the permission. I'm actually giving you the directive to do it in the way only you can do it. So let's talk about often enough. How often is often enough when you're reaching out to someone? Well, I can tell you what doesn't work. The default of a week or two between uh, messages is just too long. You're not getting any momentum. You're not building any kind of a story. You are just showing up often enough to feel like you're doing your job, give you a little plausible deniability, but not often enough to actually break through <laughs> the noise that is in everybody's inboxes and voicemail boxes and phones and, and, and mailboxes and everything like that. I believe you need to reach out at least once a week. And in season three of this show, a year ago, I talked about a five over four campaign. If you reach out to someone every four business days, you will reach them five times in a month. I have uh, changed my stance a little bit. I think that's a minimum. I think it needs to be more often than that. And the data that's out there supports this. We'll talk a little bit more about that in a minute. But I want you to think about the frequency. And look, maybe every four business days is too often for you. That scares you half to death. I have had people in my workrooms, in my, my lecture halls, in my, uh, my workshops, we'll just call it that, who have stood up and just and given me an earful about how they cannot possibly reach out that often. They will be blocked. They will get unsubscribes. People will hate them and they will never make another sale again. Um, well, the data clearly shows they're wrong, but instead of arguing with them, just like I'm not arguing with you here, what I want you to do is consider whether or not a change in frequency might help your response rates. That's all I'm challenging you to think about. That's what I'm provoking you with right now. So let's put frequency aside for right now. We're going to touch on that in a second. Let's go to duration. The data out there shows that you need to reach out at least, well, it's the, the average, let's say it this way, the average amount of outreach attempts that it takes to get someone's attention, not to make a sale, but to get someone's attention is anywhere between eight and 11, depending on the paper that you read. And actually, depending on when you listen to this, that number's probably changed and it ain't going down. It is only going to get more frequent. We need to get to that nine, 10, 12, 15 level in order to make the math work for us. The days of reaching out three times every couple of weeks and then giving up and moving on, those days are over. 
unless your messaging is so spot on that that works for you, hey, maybe you work in an industry or a niche that is that that is still effective, then great. Hang on to that because it's not going to be here much longer. The data on the most effective prospecting campaigns is 12 to 15 touches over four to six weeks. You heard that right. That is two to three times a week for at least a month and a half. I'm going to tell you, I don't think that's long enough. I think you can reach out a little less often for a longer duration and have a little bit more uh, success. Um, obviously, there are smart people out there who disagree with me, but my concept is that um, time under tension matters. And so if you reached out 15 times in a week, that'd be overkill. I don't care how much value you deliver, that would be overkill and you would miss a lot of people. I think if you reached out for 12 weeks, but only, you know, six or seven times, you would have that time under tension, but you wouldn't have the frequency to have broken through. I just think that, uh, you know, passing the sniff test, the say it out loud test of I reached out for a calendar quarter. I reached out a little more often than once a week and I brought value every time through multi-channel approach. I think that checks all the boxes. And if you go back to season three from last year, um, when I talked about my five over four, uh, that's where that approach came from. And it's pretty sound. It's pretty solid. It works pretty well. Slide up from there if you want to be a little more frequent. Um, but I would suggest that if you slide down from there, uh, it is at your own risk. Something that I just mentioned that I want to dig a little bit further into now as well is multi-channel. It's not just the phone. It's not just email. It's not just social. It's a combination of all three of those and probably need to sprinkle in a little in-person or physical mail uh, into that mix as well. Why wouldn't you? Look, we've got people who will only answer the phone. I get it. We've got people who will only respond to email or something digital or in a text form because they never pick up their phones. That's okay. I'd like you to just consider, I'd like to provoke you to consider that if you used more than one of those, if you may not send a different message, another message to your prospects, that message is that you have them professionally surrounded. Think about the value of that. And let's step back and let's wrap all of this up together because I can rant for hours about prospecting and what we need to do, but I want to keep this tight. I want to keep this episode succinct. What is the message that we're trying to get through to our prospects? We want to have something worth talking about. We want to be known as someone worth talking to. We want to provoke them to give us a response. We need to show them that we will not be waited out, that we are going to continue to reach out to them at a frequency that hopefully gets their attention. And quite frankly, and as professionally as possible, there's nowhere they can go that we won't be there because we know where their office is because we've sent a letter. We know where their phone is or where they're going to answer their phone because we've called it. We know where what their email address is because we've sent them things. We know where they live on social media because we've reached out to connect with them too. What does that do? Some of you are thinking it terrifies your prospects. It doesn't if you do it right. Because underneath that whole, uh, the, the umbrella that all that stuff is underneath is called professionalism. Is it all appropriate? And are you providing value? I'm not saying to stalk them on Facebook or Instagram and comment on pictures of their kids. If you don't know them, that's just creepy. 
So don't do that. But if it means sending them a friend request on Facebook because you are really interested in them, I don't think that hurts. It's a request. They can say no. If you're following them on Twitter or X or whatever it's called right now, I have a feeling it's going to change again before this is all said and done. You know, like that is just it's a point. I don't know if it's a point that means a whole lot, but it sure adds more color to this big picture that you're creating, which is you mean something to me. I have something valuable to share with you. It would be in your best interest if we did actually discuss it together. And I'm worth talking to. It's not going to be a waste of your time. These are the concepts that we want to bring together. We want to tie these together with your methods. And um, I want to just say a quick thing. I want to um, pass a little bit of credit to my friend Dale Dupree. Dale leads the sales rebellion. And one of the things, and some people don't like it. Uh, some people flat out hate it. I think it's kind of clever. But one of the things that Dale does and he teaches his students how to use is what is called a crumpled letter. And it is that simple. Basically, you write a letter to your prospect on paper. Or you print it out, whatever it is. You crumple it up. And then you smooth it back out before you give it to them. And you say, here you go. Or maybe you might hand it to them in a ball. And you say, here you go. I already did the work for you. I know this is what you're going to do anyway. I did it for you anyway. Or I did it for you ahead of time. And it's a lot tongue-in-cheek, right? It's hard not to smile at this. It's like the dad joke of prospecting, right? Um, but it gets people's attention because it's different. And my, uh, my uh, advice to you is to do things that you get a kick out of as often as possible. If you're not having fun, you're doing it wrong. Prospecting can be mind-numbingly difficult, and it can make you feel like you're just banging your head against the wall. Sometimes that's actually what it takes. But you have to remember that it's so valuable, it's worth doing. And when you know it's worth doing, when you're just hell-bent on leaning into it, you're going to find ways that make it more palatable. You're going to find ways that make it more enjoyable. You're going to find ways that make it more fulfilling and inspiring. And I've got to tell you, your prospects can feel that. When you believe so much in what you do that you're willing to not take yourself so seriously while you're doing it, you know, that's another level. You need to consider that. And you need to consider how it feels to receive that uh, kind of uh, intent, that kind of enthusiasm. I bring up the crumpled letter campaign, and I know some of you are rolling your eyes again, but I have a client who received a crumpled letter. And he said, Jeff, I do not like being interrupted. I do not like when people knock on my door. I do not like when people send me stuff. But you know what? This got my attention. It's pretty clever. I like it. And it's going to get a call back. That's the kind of thing, right? So, so many of you out there are saying, there's no way. I take myself so seriously. I can't pre-crumple or burn the edges of, you know, my, my, uh, my correspondence here. I just can't do that. That's fine. That may not be for you. That's the point. But what I also want to show you is the flip side of that coin. If you're willing to get creative, if you're willing to stand out, if you're willing to send a correspondence or a letter via uh, you know, parcel carrier, FedEx, UPS, DHL, whatever it is, if you're willing to spend that money to make sure that that envelope gets back to the desk and it is more than likely going to get opened at that point, yeah, that's going to stand out. That's a pretty serious, straightforward way to do it, but also very creative. 
Are you interested in sending maybe some uh, something, a physical gift, a coffee mug? I've got friends that send coffee mugs or T-shirts or whatever from their prospects alma mater. And that gets their attention. It shows them that they've done a little bit of research or whatever. And, you know, these things just show up uh, and they kind of delight the person who opens them. I don't know how many people need another coffee mug, but it just makes a kind of statement, right? I've got a client who used to send sneakers. And if you're selling big enough deals, these costs are nominal. But send a sneaker. Uh, This particular uh, example was a Converse All-Star, you know, Chuck Taylor, rubber on the, the, the toe of the shoe, right? So you could write on it, just trying to get my foot in the door. Hokey, yes. Does it work way more often than you care to admit? <laughs> These are the things that you can do if you're willing to just lean in. If you're willing to get creative, if you believe, again, so much in what you do that you're willing to think outside the box to do it, that's how you get the attention of the people that you need to be in front of. So bring yourself to the, the interaction. Is there something personal to you? If I'm using a Converse All-Star, do you play uh, basketball? Do you, you know, do do not that those are the most, you know, uh, technically advanced basketball shoes out there, but that's where they started, right? Are you the kind of person who has a pair of Chucks in every color? My daughter's got like five pairs of Chucks. And she just digs them. She's got high tops. She's got low tops. She figures that she she feels like she's got the entire spectrum covered for her, right? So those shoes actually mean something to her. If you're reaching out to her one day, if you hear this, I don't know, 20 years from now, and she's running some company somewhere, then uh, if you reach out to her with a Converse All-Star with something on the front of it that says, just trying to get my foot in the door, it's going to resonate with her. It'll get you a call back. I promise. There's someone else like that out there right now. But above all else, in this touch sequence, in this, in, in this prospecting campaign, are you remembering to be persistent? Are you remembering to bring value? Are you remembering to f- reach out with a frequency that's going to break through the noise for a duration that is going to make sure that you get through and you show them that you won't be waited out? Are you provoking a conversation or are you just hoping that they need what you sell at the time when you're there? These are the things I want you to be thinking about. And ultimately, I want you to bring yourself. Be very personal with this. Bring your passion. Bring your belief. Bring your enthusiasm. Do it the way only you can do it. That's how you show someone that no one else can provide the same kind of outcomes that you can. I'm very excited for you to think about this. I'm very excited. Hopefully, I have uh, provoked you with a few thoughts. The next episode that I do is going to be on discovery. And I've got lots of feelings on discovery too, lots to share with you. And uh, you are going to approach those meetings far differently as a result of next week's episode too. So thank you for being here today. I hope to be speaking to you again in the near future. And I'll talk to you then. Rethink the way you sell is a pot about it production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajorek.